Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I am your host, Mikkel Snyder. And I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. It is July. We are more than halfway done through the year that is 2021, and I continue to believe that time is fake. How are you, Keith? I'm doing all right. Like, I do also believe the time is fake, but at least time is fake and pretty because it's turning to the summer now. So I can look outside my window into, like, Matrix and, like, see nice things, at least. True, but it's also hot. Oh, I meant look out the window, then I am indoors with air conditioning. I'm not going outside in this. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm glad I'm glad we're in agreement on that much, at least. Uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy summer, like, in theory, not in practice. Yes, it's actually my least favorite season. <laughs> we sound like a couple guys in every the house, don't we? I that's what we are. <laughs> Fair enough. That's why we're recording this podcast on a Saturday afternoon as the sun is beaming through the office window. <laughs> Fair point. They need to know that. No more peeks behind the curtain, please. Uh, okay, okay. In any case, let's get started with what has quickly become my new favorite segment, which is News Headlines or Night Quite Mad Lips, uh, which is a recurring feature in which I will present headlines that could have been reasonably been generated from, you know, a Mad Lips, but are actually news headlines. Um, and if you remember this old anthology series called Beyond Belief Fact or Fiction with Jonathan Franks, in the spirit of blurring the lines of reality, some number of these headlines that I will uh, present to Keith have been altered just slightly. So he's going to have to determine which headlines are actually headlines and which ones are modified Mad Libs. You ready for this, Keith? Yes, I think I love this game already. Let's dive on in. So, five headlines. Some number of them have been modified in some way from the original headline, and it's your job to figure it out. So we're going to go through all five, and then we will recap one by one. You ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Cool. Drain the Rock Johnson is set to star and produce an Amazon Prime Santa Claus-themed action-adventure movie, Red One. Okay. John Mulaney is slated to do a special animated comedy feature for HBO Max called Drawn. CD Projekt has teamed up with the mobile development company Spaco to create The Witcher Monster Slayer, an augmented reality game in the vein of Pokemon Go, where instead of capturing monsters, you slay them by walking around in the outside and encountering a variety of magical beasts based on the franchise. Variety reports that Amazon is rolling out Amazon Vinyl, a brand new subscription service so you can track down records of your choice. And then finally, in addition to the Gulf of Mexico catching on fire after an oil pipeline burst, it turns out humanity also has to reckon with another consequence of a hubris. Radioactive hybrid terror pigs taking over the Fukushima exclusion zone. Wow. Like, so many thoughts here, and like, I got so I had to figure out which of these are not real headlines, which ones are. Yes, yeah, so let, let's go from the top. Drain the Rock Hansen starring in the Santa Claus framed action adventure movie Red One. News headline or Mad Lib? I'm gonna go with news headline and my reasoning behind that is that The Rock has become like the 
action hero of like this current generation and everything and like people don't realize a lot of action heroes are people that carry movies that weren't going to be enjoyable or watchable at all purely off their own charisma and physique and like box office power so i think that's the case here you are correct this is an actual headline and <laughs> the jump the Rock will be starring in this Santa Claus-themed action-adventure movie. So, headline two. John Mulaney is slated to do a special animated comedy feature for HBO Max called Drawn. News headline or Mad Lib? Huh, okay, so given my deep affinity for all things John Mulaney, I'm gonna say that the only thing you switched out here was the streaming service because I feel like John Mulaney's been working with Netflix so closely for so long that it would be much bigger news I would have heard of if you were doing this. Uh, so you were correct that it was not a news headline, but a Mad Lib, but you got the thing wrong. Uh, oh, no. In actuality, it's Tig Notaro uh, who is doing this comedy special for HBO Max. Okay, so my reading's like half wrong. Tig Notaro from Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead uh, is doing <laughs> this really interesting comedy special for HBO Max where it's all animated, which it's actually surprising that something like this hasn't been done before, honestly. Honestly, I'm surprised it hasn't just happened yet either, given how cheap animation is. Well, actually, you know, one thing cheaper than animation is just recording somebody on stage by themselves. Well, I kind of get it. But yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. No, no, that, that, that tracks now that you said it out loud. So, okay, three more. So, The Witcher Monster Slayer, headline or Mad Lib? I'm going to go with Mad Lib on this one. I feel like you need, like, a deeper, not, like, widespread known backlog for people to go out there and do this only thing I've heard of that were like this that tried were like Pokemon and Harry Potter and I feel like Witcher as popular as it is isn't quite on that level yet as far as like fan appeal this was 100% true I changed nothing about this wow so people are really gonna be running around like just killing monsters well that that's the plan I I agree with you. I don't know how much cultural currency uh, the Witcher franchise has for an augmented reality game that requires you to go outside, but everything about that is a thing that is happening. So, like, July 21st is when they're releasing this app called The Witcher Monster Slayer, where you slay monsters. Bullet point four, Amazon Vinyl. News headline or Madlib? I desperately want this one to be a headline because I want to use it myself because I have my record player right behind me right now. It is, in fact, a headline. I Yay! have mixed feelings about Amazon, you know, supplanting yet another type of, like, local indie business type deal. But, you know, I, I can understand that convenience is is a thing. Oh, yeah. Honestly, like, I am sadly, like, a I, may, I, I am the problem because I love all things convenient. Like, I tell people all the time, I'm a creature of convenience. Like, make something easy for me, and I will be more likely to do it. As most people, but I'm, like, a different level. So, yeah, sorry. I feel bad now. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine, right? It's just, I wish that the the owner of the company wasn't currently trying to go to space. As we reckon with headline or Mad Lib number five. So, the Gulf of Mexico catching on fire, completely true. What do you think about the radioactive hybrid terror pigs? I feel like this could absolutely happen for sure. And I'm trying to not fall into the trap of like, this has to be a fake one. We only have one fake one so far. But I just, I literally saw a TikTok earlier today about like how dangerous wild hogs are and they're already a terror on their own. So now I imagine them also being radioactive. I feel like, do you know what? Yes, this is a real headline and I'm terrified. As you should be, because this is, in fact, real. Oh, my God, no! 
Well, so so the thing is, is that like the radioactive by by nature of having inhabited the exclusion zone, which is just where all of the radiation is. So they're just like around that area and have become irradiated because of it. So, but they're not as bothered by it as like you know humans would be because evolution is weird. They're built different. It, it, it's hard to say. It was just what a wild headline in this in this day and age. Very, very interesting. Like, um, in my mind, when I, you said this, I was thinking about, like, glowing green pigs with, like, giant tusks. It's probably oh, no, not the case. Like that. That's why I asked how they're radioactive, like, but I'd rather not know, to be honest. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, let's transition to, to our standard reporting affairs now, as the world continues to somehow not end despite a pandemic with a new Delta variant, the oceans literally catching on fire and the aforementioned radioactive terror pigs, I'm inclined to think about a different story about the world not ending. Good Omens. Uh, originally an adult novel from novelist Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman, it was adapted by Amazon in 2019 to critical acclaim as a limited comedy fantasy se- series starring so many people. So many. And... In particular, it was headlined by Michael Sheen as the angel Azafel and David Tennant as Crowley, a demon, in their unusual friendship as they try to stop the world from ending. Uh, It was originally announced as a limited series, given that the six-episode run was a fairly close adaptation to the book, but it was just reported that this week that the dynamic duo would be returning to star in a season two, so something to look forward to with a couple asterisks here and there. Because we don't really know anything about what a season two would entail, uh, except that Sheen and Tennant are reprising their roles and that Gaiman is excited to expand the world again. And we also have this innate understanding that like it's going to be uncharted territory because it's going to be its own thing because it doesn't have source material and it doesn't have that direct influence of Pratchett, although his spirit was suddenly persist on in the series. So, uh, Gaiman does have a good run of revitalizing his old EPs given the success of the Dreaming Extended Universe, which is very good, very good. But we also saw what happened with Stars is American Gods after its first season, so we're going to have to see where the chips fall with Good Omen Season 2. Uh, what are your thoughts, Keith? Well, first off, I'd like to go ahead and say that like I'm so ashamed that I've gone through like pretty much a whole pandemic as like a pretty big Neil Gaiman fan. I think I've read at least four or five of his books, and I've never engaged with the Good Omens canon at all, including the show that features David Tennant, who I love, and I said on this podcast that I do. So I don't know much about this outside of what you already said, which thankfully I knew the basics. But like this is basically my reason and my excuse to not like go ahead and dive into this. And as you said earlier too. This is gonna. I'm very curious to see how this plays out because, like, Neil Gaiman had like pretty decided, like, pretty noticeable wins and losses when it comes to his properties, how it played out, and everything. And they both started as wins, but like, but like you said with American Gods, which was one of my favorite books ever, especially by Gaiman. I loved the first season, and then like things happened, and it was very sad to see. And then I jumped the ship on that and everything, right? But at the same time as well, like there are things that are going well for him. So this could be anywhere within that range. So this is probably going to be my opportunity to go ahead and dive back into this from the very beginning. Now I just got to figure out if I want to read the book first and then watch it or go the way around. I think you should read the book first. Okay, that's fair. 
Because, like, I'm not decidedly in either side of that debate that people have of, like, what should you do first? Because I see pros and cons to both. But I will take your advice and I'll read the book first. I, I think, so the thing with Good Omens in particular is that reading the book gives you a framework because there's just a lot of things happening in, in both iterations of the story. And if you have the book, you're able to parse it at a little bit of your own pace before engaging with, with the stricter pace of a visual format, right? Okay. So uh, I think I'll get that. I think you you would appreciate some of like the subtleties and like the intricacies of the narrative if you read the book first and then go to the expansion with with the limited series because they 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 do a lot of things and there's a lot going on. There's like. 50 people in the cast and all of them are like reasonably big names okay that's really cool i don't want to be overwhelmed by trying to condense that in six hours i want to get the time to like parse through the book that's a good point exactly but yeah let's let's take a break and then we'll come back for some more discussions and we're back so, technically speaking, today is kind of like a birthday episode part two, because as Mikhail said earlier in the show when he said a little bit too much, we're recording this right between our respective birthdays, or I like to call them our days of emergence. Um, so, I had the bright idea that we'd let you all know a little bit more about us, while also going deep on some nerd stuff, because that's what you're here for. I'm specifically talking about a very fun hobby and pastime that I myself only took part in for the first time late last year, that's already taken a solid hold as part of my life now. And I'm talking, of course, about Dungeons and Dragons. Mikael is far more experienced than I in both D&D and tabletop RPGs in general. So I'll let him start by giving his origin story and then take a turn to do kind of my own. Because our stories actually kind of have a touching point in the middle there. But Mikael, you want to go ahead and start us off? When you say touching point, you, you're reframing it as though it's like I'm not directly responsible for all of it. I was going to give you your credit, dude. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... Dungeons and Dragons has been around for God knows how long, right? And I didn't start playing playing until college when when you're in in that type of community surrounded by a bunch of nerds like it's much easier to find a game master, much easier to find a bunch of players as opposed to like high school where you know people live farther away from each other out in the suburbs. It's harder to like get people all in the same room at the same time because you're also trying to do everything. But college was sort of like this perfect breeding ground for for tabletop communities. And I've always, always enjoyed the concept of sort of like making stories, inventing characters, and like collaboratively telling stories with other people. Because that's what D&D is at its core, is that like you're spending time with cool people as you try to make this narrative that is influenced by dice. <laughs> So my first game was a D20 modern, which is just uh, the D&D format just set in a more sci-fi setting. And then I've done traditional D&D games, and I played several systems over the many years. Uh, my current tabletop group, I fell in with some friends at my local comic book shop. They invited me to play, and now we've had a long-running campaigns that span many years, and in my case, many characters, because... I've taken a very laissez-faire approach to how I handle my character's actions when it comes to everything. So, uh, it's a it's a running joke with me that uh, my characters always die first in campaigns. Because they do. 
So it's less of a joke and more of a self-fulfilling prophecy after, like, the seventh character. Um, in any case, I, I love the game. And I love sharing the game with other people, and this is where like, the internal dungeon master in me comes up, because whenever somebody says, like, I want to play, but I don't know where to start, there's always this part of me that's just like, I will, I will teach you, I will get you into this door. One of the things that I did last year was that I sort of like, I'm going to teach a bunch of people how to play D&D. So, and before I'll let Keith pick up on that, I just want to say that, like, I play D&D like just D&D. I don't engage with a lot of ancillary media about D&D, so I haven't watched Crit Roll. I haven't watched any of the other many D&D podcasts because I I always just want to be playing the game or like thinking about what I want to do for the next game. And I I have trouble with like long running audio sequences unless I am like driving. And in that case, I'm still trying to catch up on Welcome to Night Vale. So, yeah, so I I lack that particular depth of knowledge of the field, but, like, I, I love rule books, I love math, I love dice. Dice are just these really nice objects that hold an unfathomable amount of power, and it's really satisfying when you get to roll them and the sounds that they make. So that that's that's my pseudo-abbreviated origin story. I'm one of the few writers on, on the site that's actually documented my, my D&D experiences, so you can dig around there if you want more specific information. I'll, I'll let Keith take over because this was his idea. <laughs> All good. No, like, that's part of why I had the idea for it. Like, both of us have a lot to contribute here. But I defer to you because, as we said earlier and have alluded to a couple times now, I wouldn't even be playing D&D if it weren't for you because when you had that mission to, like, teach people or in that, like, involuntary emotion kicks in for you to teach people D&D, that was when I was one of those people. So back in, I'll say, like, maybe October or so or fall of last year, this was when Black Nerd Problem finally made our Discord public, and a lot of people were joining different channels and just talking to each other and talking about our many, many common interests and all that. And at some point, the conversation kind of got kicked off for, like, D&D, and, like, a lot of us were like, yeah, like, I've kind of always been interested in it, but, like, it seems really overwhelming, and I don't even know where to start or how to play, which... It's very understandable because up until recently, that's exactly how I felt. Whereas, like, I see it referenced a lot in a lot of my media, whether it be books or TV shows or whatever. And I've even seen a couple, like, clips on YouTube that I don't understand at all. But, like, it seems like a lot. But it was great that this happened because it was in the pandemic when I was not seeing anybody besides people who I live with pretty much. And I needed ways to socialize. But just doing Zoom calls by themselves got very old very quickly. So having something to do virtually while talking to people for a few hours every other week was became a very important part of my life and everything. But um, yeah, so Mikhail was my very first DM. We went ahead and made a one shot. And I was so out of the loop that I accidentally built a character that was the total opposite of what I wanted to create, right? Like in my mind, I wanted to create a character that was like cool and could like control animals so they could do his bidding and everything. But I actually ended up making myself a character that's the one that transforms into animals. And I did not understand that at all. So I had to make the best of it. But that was also a good learning opportunity because that's when I got to learn like one of the magical things about D&D and tabletop RPGs in general is like the improv aspect of it. Like you go into it with a certain game plan, but like one dice roll or like one decision by one of the players of the DM could completely change that entirely. And that was kind of learned just to improvise and all that, right? Um, as I said on this podcast a few months ago, I was remembering this when I came up with this topic. I remember how I referenced when I first started dating again that it was very important for me to talk about how I have this new hobby of D&D and find someone to partner with that 
I can be myself around, including this newfound hobby I have and all that. And I was fortunate enough to not only find that in my current girlfriend, but like also that somebody who enjoys it herself. Because and also when Kale talk about like it's outside media of D and D and everything. Before we had our first game, I definitely went to YouTube and the first thing I found was Critical Role. So I started with Campaign 2 because Campaign 1 wasn't all on YouTube and everything. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but these people are very charismatic. Let me just see what's happening. And after like about an hour, I'm like, oh, I kind of get half of this now. Then combining that with my own playing experience changed a lot. So for the, I think I said on the lightning round a couple of weeks ago, Critical Role just started a mini campaign of I think eight episodes in between Campaign 2 and Campaign 3, which should start later this summer. And they have like new people in new people in the game as far as like older people as well. The normal DM, Matt Mercer, who a lot of people know, he got to be a player for once versus being the DM, it's, mm-hmm. which he's masterful at and everything. And that was like, you know what, this would be a good opportunity to like explain to my girlfriend how this works because she, like myself, had interest and passion for it, or at least interest in it, but did not understand what it meant. And I could tell when I was explaining it to her, it still was only like half making sense because I am relatively a noob myself. I'm barely understanding how to explain it at this point. So we went ahead and watched, and I'm thinking, like, cool, we'll go ahead and watch this first episode, maybe like half an hour or an hour, so she can understand the mechanics of the game, just so something we can connect over. She understands what I'm doing, like, every other Saturday for, like, three and a half, four hours at a time and all that. And surprisingly enough, it was, I mean, not surprisingly, it was amazing, but, like, it was so amazing that she enjoyed it far more than I expected. And we actually watched all four hours of that first episode in one go. Like, we may have taken a break in the middle to walk the dog, but that's about it. And I think that was interesting to, like, see the acceptance, which is a big part of D&D in general, whether it be from the people who I play with these one-shots in or the people in my ongoing party, who was a good mix because that group consists of, like, half people who work in BNP editorial, who I was already, like, aware of and have friendships and relationships prior. The other half are people who were just part of the BNP instinctive family in the Discord who I did not talk to before, but now these are people who have, like, a recurring presence in my life when it comes to these different games we play and, like, us talking throughout the two weeks in between games on, like, strategies and, like, trying to name our party and possibilities and all that stuff and everything. And I also learned that there's something in D&D for everybody. If you're there for the improv, you got it. If you're there for the combat, they got it. If you're there for, like, just the friendship aspect, which I think is the most important thing, you get that if you find the right group and it works for you. And I'll finish off by saying, like, D&D specifically is not something that I saw myself getting into just because it seemed like it was so much. But I'm very thankful that I have, right? Because now I can see this being a thing that as long as it's convenient, which thankfully it is now through technology and all that stuff, is going to have a regular presence in my life going forward. Because it just has so many benefits. And it's like that last part, I think, that like fills my whole nerdy puzzle for now. I think one of the coolest things about tabletop RPGs in general, and not specifically D&D, although D&D does get a lot of props for being like the most recognizable brand out there, is that it's essentially a sandbox. And the cool thing about sandboxes is that you can do whatever you want with a sandbox once you're inside of it and understand like how to use like basic tools and then you can end up creating really wild stuff. And as someone who desperately misses his regular in-person D&D group for that social aspect, as you mentioned, because it was the one time I would leave my house typically, <laughs> um, I miss that. But at the same time, I'm also thankful that I was able to get a bunch of people involved with D&D and tabletop RPGs. Because it's just, it's a type of game and storytelling that is just, you can't get that experience by yourself. It's something that only exists because other people set aside time to like spend together and make these wild improvisational stories. 
and I've seen some of the shenanigans you've gotten into, and I just laugh every single time for what's to come and for what has already happened. Yes, and I will say, like, Mikhail the player and Mikhail the DM are two very different people that he's already alluded to. I played with Mikhail once in a one-shot. His decision is probably the main reason why our characters almost or actually did die. It was fun, though. It was a one-shot, so things happened like that in that case. Um, but you learn a lot. I play recklessly. I've never hidden that from anyone. Yes, but I also underestimated how much you meant, sir. Until I saw it myself. I'm like, oh, this is what he meant. <laughs> Look, your character survived. I only killed two of us. My character survived due to luck. <laughs> you killed two out of four of us, sir. What do you mean it's half? <laughs> yeah, it's only two. It's only two. Mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> but, um... But yeah, echo everything that Mikkel said and everything. Like, it's definitely great to have like a collaborative activity to do with other people, especially during a pandemic, being at the pandemic, as we like start to restart relationships and find new ones and go from there and everything. Um, but it's very fun. And also, like for anyone out there, as a quick plug, if you like me in recent months are curious about D and D and just want to see how it goes, please do join our Discord because we have a group dedicated to it. We're always trying to kick off different one shots, which are the perfect way to get your feet wet and learn how the things go and everything, and go from there. You never know; you might be able to find people to join your own ongoing party and go from there right and with that i will stop talking about us for a moment and switch on to the lightning round for those who have not listened to our show before or even for those who have we try to end every episode off with a lightning round just go through as many news headlines as we can for the week that we didn't have enough time to devote entire segment to just make sure that you stay in the loop as things go forward when you start your water cooler talk and on the twitter and everything else going forward throughout the week so to start us off Black Panther Wakanda Forever began filming this week, with everyone in the film's original ca- original film's cast returning beside the late, great Chadwick Boseman. Powerhouse Animation, the studio behind Castlevania and Blood of Zeus, is expanding their partnership with Netflix to make even more animated series for us to enjoy with our eyeballs, because they all look good, even in moments when they're not actually written well, which happens sometimes, they still look really, really pretty. It was announced that Lovecraft Country will not be returning to HBO for a second season, almost everyone thought was coming. We'll see how that goes. It gets picked up somewhere else. The show had a bit of a cult following for sure. It has some new good headlines and all that. I have my own views on it, but we'll talk about that if it's relevant down the road. And moving on, Patricia Hernandez has announced the return to Kotaku as the website's new editor-in-chief after a previous stint as deputy editor. Always nice to see new people getting roles in journalism, especially in the journalism space. So hopefully this is all a good sign, a good turn for Kotaku as a publication. If you would like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news, feel free to tweet us at BlackNerdProblems with the hashtag T-W-I-N-N. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture news. Once again, I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. I'm your host, Michael Snyder. Have a good week, folks. Talk to you next time.